from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 134. Today's show is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile, Eero, and Squarespace. My name is Mike Curley. I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. We got some stuff to talk about today. Yeah, I think Federico's on a fainting couch somewhere today. <laughs> uh, he couldn't yeah. make it today. I think he fell down. Uh, he couldn't get up, and uh, he'll be back next week. Yeah. So, uh, we should do some follow-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of those instances last week on the show where as I was saying something, part of my brain was doubting what I was saying. And uh turns out that that doubt was well-placed. So, we were talking – well, I was talking and the two of you were playing Zelda about Thunderbolt ports on the MacBook Pro. And I said something about the 15-inch has limited PCI lanes and so the – Thunderbolt ports maybe aren't the same everywhere. So anyways, here's what's actually true. The 15-inch Thunderbolt USB-C Touch Bar MacBook Pro you know, has four of those ports, and it delivers full performance on all four ports, which is great. So if you have a 15-inch MacBook Pro, the left-side ports and the right-side ports offer the same speed of data transfer. Uh, what I got wrong was the 13-inch touch bar four port MacBook Pro, the one that I have now. And the left-hand ports are full-sized, full speed, I should say, but the right-hand ports deliver all the same functionality, but they have reduced bandwidth. So the data transfer, if you're transferring over Thunderbolt 3, is a little bit slower on those right-hand ports. My guess is that in the real world, like I just don't see this being a huge problem. Um... Uh, you know, I've I've got this machine, but like I'm not doing anything over Thunderbolt three directly, right? Like I'm adapting out to other things that fall well within the the speed cap. You know, I'm not I don't have a Thunderbolt three RAID that I'm using, right? That's like fully saturating that connection. Uh, I'd, I'd be curious if people are running into that, uh, or if you've read anything about it. I haven't even really read much about this out on the internet, but um, there is a support article. Because that's what I do uh, in the show notes that outlines all of this. Uh, I I will say reading through this document, it is perhaps the most confusing thing, like ever to do with the Mac. It's got Thunderbolt two displays and accessories. You have standard USB stuff. You have HDMI. You can use VGA. Like just all the stuff this port can do is great, right? That it is. It is the sort of all-in-one, all-encompassing port. Like, that's great. Like, that's the future, right? But it comes with all this fine print. Like, even in the chat room now, they're saying, you can't run two of the 5K displays on a single side of the 15-inch. You've got to have one on the left and one on the right. So, like, there are all these little, these little, like, things you have to be aware of if you're fully diving into this world. Now, would a Thunderbolt 3 iMac have the same problems? I don't know. Would a future 13 or 15-inch MacBook Pro have these problems? I don't know. Um, but I, I can say that a, a professional desktop Mac, let's call it, I'm going to make up this name, I'm going to pull it out of thin air, the Mac Pro. I kind of like that name. Mm, uh, if a Mac name. Pro were to exist with this stuff, I would expect that there would be enough uh, horsepower behind it to for all these ports to work the same and you could do anything you want to with them. Uh, so if you have one of these machines or you're thinking about buying one, check out this article. Like, none of this is a showstopper. Like, I've got the 13-inch touch bar, and, like, again, I, it's been no problem for me, but 
I'm just using it as a notebook and you know, plugging USB stuff into it occasionally. Uh, but anyway, so there's that. So a bunch of people emailed me about that. Thank you all. Uh, like I said, it was one of those times on the show. I was like, I don't think this is what I'm saying is actually correct, but I can't do anything about it because I'm mid-sentence. So that's why we have follow-up, Mike. That's why we have follow-up. Super Mario Run is coming to Android on March 23rd. Um, it's with version 2 of the application, which launches on iPhone on the same day. Uh, there are new features, including new characters will be available, um, but I don't think there's any more information about that. They're just saying that's what's coming in version 2. Uh, I'm interested to see if Nintendo will release any data about sales on Android. I'm, I just wonder how it will compare to the iPhone I, uh, on iOS. I have no real hypothesis to it, honestly, because iOS users on the whole seemed to be frustrated by the uh, in-app purchase. So I just sure. wonder if, what that experience will be like on Android. So I'm keen to see stuff, you know, because as well with Android, you get in the Play Store, you get like a rough idea of how many times it's been downloaded. So we'll get that. Um, and then kind of compounding that with reviews, I guess we'll get a similar idea as to how it will perform. But who knows? For all we know, Nintendo is looking to change something about this with version 2. Um, but that's coming just in a couple of days here. Uh, on the same day, I think March 23rd is also when uh, Samsung is having its event for the yeah. uh, Galaxy S8 um, and S8 Plus, which they look very interesting. Um, there's been yeah. a bunch of leaks going around, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, we we know all about that phone. It is a it is a really really good looking phone. Um, I'll put if you haven't seen it, uh, I will put a link in the show notes um, to at EV leaks the most the most recent kind of leaks of what the phone is going to look like. Um, I remain very interested in the design uh, of the the new Samsung phones. So yeah. So yeah. So talking about um, new phones, I don't know. There's not a good segue here. Uh, Colorware, which you may be f- familiar with, they're the company that they take tech products and basically take them apart and paint them. Like it seems like a crazy business, but they totally a thing. And they have released what they're calling the iPhone Seven Plus Retro. So this is a iPhone Seven Plus uh, painted to look like a 19 eras, 1980s era Mac. Um, really it doesn't, it looks more, I think like an Apple II or something even, but, um, it is beige. It's got the little lines, like the snow white design, got the six color Apple logo on the back. They did an iMac, uh, like this, maybe last year. We can find that, uh, maybe for the show notes as well. Really, um, incredible looking. It is expensive. It is, uh, a SIM-free 256 gigabyte phone. So that that phone is normally nine hundred and sixty nine dollars in the U.S. This phone is nineteen hundred dollars. So a little bit of a premium there. But it looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> sometimes a, an article will happen or a story will break where like the entire internet needs to tell me about it, and this was that story this month. Like I don't know. I'm still getting tweets about it, uh, even though I wrote about it a little bit. But it is pretty awesome looking and part of me if i were just made of money would be extremely tempted by it oh my god i've just found the imac like they don't sell it anymore i want the keyboard and mouse yeah because they do that in the same colors all right so flat out right this phone this colorware phone is beautiful right Mm -hmm. like that is so good looking like not even just because like oh it's retro just like all of it just looks fantastic right like it looks really good so i wanted to put to our listeners if anyone's found a case 
that looks like this. Yeah, let us know. I want to see that. I want to just say, right, like, would you buy this? Let's say it was a little bit less, right? Let's say it was like 1200 1300 right? Which right. is pushing what a plus costs. Sure. Right? Well, that's, what the unicorn, that's what the unicorn phone will cost me. <laughs> yeah. Would you, would you do something like this? Like if it wasn't, if it was like a couple of hundred dollars more. I mean, uh, like the the part of me that loves old tech would say yes, but like the pragmatic side of me says no, just because it's like it's a it's a weird thing. Like, what happens if I drop it and break it, or I need some sort of like repair on it? Right? Like, what if it hisses? Uh, oh God. <laughs> remember that? Mm. So no, I mean it's 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 beautiful and it's like you know yeah, uh, it's about a nine hundred dollar premium. Yeah, but like I use a phone like. A phone for me needs to be really like pragmatic and and the usability trumps all. And if I had this, I would be afraid of hurting it or just want to look at it, right? Like have it on the shelf. And it's like, you know, really like the, my phone is some days the most important computer in my life and I need it to to function and I need to, you know, not be afraid of something happening to it. So yeah, uh, I would say no, but boy, does it look good. It's I would have a poster of it in a heartbeat. Mm, oh, yeah. I, I do want a case. I need a new case. Uh, we spoke. We might speak about this later. Apple released new cases today, new colors, right? Along with some other stuff, which we'll just refer to collectively as stuff. Hmm. Um, and none of the new case colors really push my buttons, um, like hmm. none of the new silicone ones. So I need a new one because mine's broken. So I'm in the market for a case. I don't have to get an Apple case. Like if anyone finds a case that looks like that, like I would get something like that. Otherwise, I'm just going to go back down the silicone route. Yeah. Well, it'll be future follow-up, I guess. I guess so. Today's show is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile. Text Expander for Teams is quite simply a productivity multiplier. You get a shared knowledge base to ensure your team communicates quickly and accurately. With Text Expander, all of your team's common replies can be worded by your best writers. Then they're all immediately accessible, searchable as well through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. The response that your people are going to need will be just a couple of keys away. And what's great about Text Expander is that avail- it is available everywhere. It's on Mac, iOS, and Windows as well. Text Expander helps customer service teams provide better, faster, and more accurate service. You'll be able to ensure that your customers are treated consistently and that any change in messaging can be updated seamlessly in the background. If you work with other people, you, know, you can have this set up with just a couple of people. I'm looking at this right now for some stuff that I'm working on. And it's just a case of like, if there is just something that you say a lot, you know, maybe you get like a common email, but like multiple people might deal with the email account, being able to just send something that is simple and makes sense and it's just consistent and only one person had to write it that one time and then multiple people can benefit from it, that is awesome. That is a real time saver and a hassle saver as well. Teams of all sizes can harness these productivity benefits. Just go to texaspander.com slash connected. That's T-E-X-T-E-X-P-A-N-D-E-R.com slash connected and sign up for a free trial. Then you'll see firsthand why companies like one password, WordPress, Shopify, and you need a budget, all use Text Expander. Thank you so much to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show. All right, so it is uh, Tuesday, the 21st of March, 2017. As we record this, yesterday, it became abundantly clear that Apple was going to put some new stuff on their website. The store was going down for maintenance. <laughs> Hashtag web objects. Yeah, this, this, uh, I don't think, I mean, I'm starting to believe now that they do this for the buzz. But anyway. I don't know. 
Anyway, I whatever mean, they add it new music is. to iTunes without iTunes going down. So. And apps, and you know, yeah. stuff can be added without there being yeah. a, a craziness. Yeah. Um, we're all expecting, I think, new iPad Pros because they're effectively due at this point. Uh, and maybe some Mac bumps as well. Maybe we'd see uh, Thunderbolt C iMac. Especially, look, we've been speaking for weeks and weeks and weeks and probably again next week about this new iPad line, um, about this, you know, maybe a mini, uh, there being like a new 10.5-inch Pro. But I think we're, I was at least expecting today to get a bump to the 12.9 to give it a true tone and maybe a new processor. Because that machine now, the, the iPad Pro 12.9-inch, uh, is like 18 months old. Um, it was introduced in September, the September, like I kind of what last September, not last September, September before. I'm very confused about calendars right now, but it's old. <laughs> all right, it's old. Yeah. Um, what what it was introduced with the 6s, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's old. A year and a half old. Um, but we didn't get any of that. But we did get some stuff, uh, and I want to run through this stuff. So something that we'd heard rumored that was coming was a product red iPhone 7. Um, it is interesting to me, thinking about this now, that Apple has never done this before. There has been product red cases, but mm-hmm. not a red colorway. Um, so there is a product red iPhone 7 in the mix now. It is red aluminum with a white front. Mm-hmm. Now, lots of people don't like that. Lots of people do like that. I don't... Th- honestly, I my feeling is all red. That's what I want. I don't think that either black or white looks any better than the other for my tastes. I hmm. figure you just should just go all red. Uh, I don't know why the colors need to have a white face on them, but they do. Yeah. Well, it's glass. You know, maybe they have an issue with that. Um, it matches... Uh, hmm. Someone in the chat room pointed out, it matches the... iPod Touch. I- iPod Touch, right? Yeah, and I it's think that makes it look colored cheap. on the back. Honestly. A, a little bit. I don't like white on the front. Uh, I do really like the red. I really like the white Apple logo on the back. Yeah, that's um, nice I think touch. this is I think this is really nice. And you know, Product Red started with the iPods. There was, you know, iPod uh Nanos and then the Touch, but you're right, it's never come to a phone. And so I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's there if you want it. I think if I was buying if I was buying an iPhone today, I might do it. You know, it mm-hmm. it, it would be in the in the running for me, right? Um, seriously, because it's it's a fun new color. It's different. It is a color. Like I've wanted a color in the iPhone line for a while. Uh, the iPhone Seven is uh, with with product red is um, seven hundred forty nine dollars for one twenty eight and eight forty nine for two fifty six. The plus is eight sixty nine for one twenty eight gig and nine sixty nine for two fifty six gig. Basically, these are the same prices as the Jet Black. Um, which makes sense. So that's that. If you want it, you can get it. I don't know who wants it. You know, I, I, I assume that there are people that will get it, um, but I don't. I don't know if I, this just doesn't feel like the right time to be buying an iPhone. Basically, well, it, that's what's weird about it, right? That it's that it's mid cycle, um, and it feels kind of mid cycle. I'm on the the buy page now for the iPhone Seven, and you choose a model, and it's all the other colors. Then up at the top, there's a little banner saying, "Oh." It's available in red now too. Uh, apparently, they didn't have enough time to get that integrated yeah. on the website. But um, it is, yeah, it's mid-cycle, right? It, it's, we haven't seen this on the mainstream iPhone before, 
it, are they trying to prop up sales, you know, in those later quarters of uh, of an iPhone's life? I think the reality is people upgrade phones year round, right? The holiday quarter is the biggest, but people do it year round, and maybe they're trying to to help that along a little bit. But um, I think it's nice. Uh, the question I have is, will the red stick around? So when the 7S comes out this fall. Uh, will there be a red one and will it be so. kind of integrated all at the same time? I think so too. I think it will definitely uh, be there. But it is interesting too that it is the special edition. Like that they're calling it like the, you know, the the slug and everything on the website is like iPhone 7, you know, special edition. So mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's uh, it just, it's really interesting. The, my gut says that, you know, they, I mean, they could have done this earlier, right? They could have always done it earlier, but um, I think they wanted it to be a little splashy in the spring. So I think this was was planned out. Um, and it, uh, a little bit of a note, it it's 128 or 256 gigs. So there's not the the base model to line up with the other phones. So it's a That's little bit unique. the same with the that, Jet Black too. too, though, right? Isn't the Jet Black only available in those two? I don't think you can get it in the lowest configuration. I don't know. Let's find I, out. Together. I don't think you can. I think it only has those two options, like the higher pricing options. Um, I'm going to see if I can be the first yep, person right. to say this. I mean, I don't even know if this is true, but I feel like I've heard it enough now that I'll mention it. This might sell really well in China because it's red. And that, sure. might, that might be good for Apple. Let me, they might just be like, great, let's put it in the mid-cycle. We might sell a bunch of them in China, um, and that will be really great for our earnings report. I'm not yeah. saying it's the reason they do it, right? Like, it's great. I mean, I want to underscore, like, the reason they do this, the reason Apple's always done this is to it's to benefit toward AIDS charities, right? The, the product right. Red AIDS charity. That's what this is for. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen anything about how much money goes to product Red, yeah. um, but I assume, you know, they put it at the high pricing so they were able to do that, right? Like, they, they put it with their top-tier pricing on the iPhone so they would have more money to be able to, to give to the charity so honestly i hope it does sell in in good enough numbers and that apple keeps doing it because you get to have a great looking phone and also benefit charity like it's a good thing it is a good thing it's just weird it's it's weird right like (laughs) now there is another color when they already introduced another color so now there's more colors you use all the iphones in uh strange and different colors i guess the iPhone SE also silently got a bump today. You cannot get 16 and 64 gigabyte anymore. It's now 32 and 128 uh, with the same pricing, no other changes. Right. It's the same phone they introduced almost exactly a year ago. Yep. Uh, so it's got the A9. It's you know basically what the 6S inside. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's got one. I bought her one. She loves it. It's, hol- it's holding up really well. Yep. I think the SE is popular. Like I, I do see them out and about. Uh, it's hard to, to spot them unless they're not in a case, but uh, I definitely know people who have them and who like them. I'm not super shocked we haven't seen a CPU bump. I think I think if this device sticks around, it'll be uh, a, a two-year type deal, which is fine, like, totally fine. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to see that capacity bump. So 32 or 128 gives some people some breathing room who want a smaller phone but don't want to suffer having a you know smaller storage device you know for the same reason. Yeah, I, I think what this might show, I mean, I kind of what what I think is that the, they don't consider the SE to just be a one and done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it is. I mean I mean I guess you could argue that that they do this and then they never update it again, but 
I think the SE is going to stick, you know, especially if, if the 7S and 7S Pro, like we've been talking about, are basically the phones we have now but updated, mm-hmm. then there's still, there's still room in the lineup for the SE. And yeah, I think so. I think that's, I think that's fine. You know, the, do it every couple of years, keep it one, you know, revision behind. Uh, so, you know, in, in another year, it'll be kind of, I guess, you know, two year old internals or two and a half year old internals. But the reality is like iOS devices age better than ever. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's fine. I'm not worried about the SE. I want to jump back one step to just give okay. one, one last complaint about the red iPhone. Sure. Uh, the home button ring is silver. It should be red. It should be red. It should be red. They they match the colors on the other phones. You know, the, yeah. I got I've got a gold one. Rose gold phone gets a rose gold one. Silver phone gets a silver one. That should be a red ring around the Touch ID thing. Yep, agreed. It should be. That would look kind of kind of kind of boss to have red. Um. Okay. Apple have made a an app. Uh, <laughs> this I've got. What was this? I remember this thing coming up a while ago. So there was a rumor in August of 2016. Uh, this is another case of Garmin getting details right, but the picture wrong. I think that yep. they were going to work on a social network uh, or a new app that would integrate with social networks. Um. That's what this does, but it is not a social network. This is a tool. Clips is a tool to create something and send it to a social network. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a story, and, and we don't know that Clips is what he was writing about, right? But you can kind of assume um, a lot of the details are, are kind of there. But um, but there's that. So so Apple has been working on this. Uh, he was saying that it's going to signal a renewed push that relies heavily on video. Apple can leverage its cameras. Um, uh, Matt Panzerino just tweeted a minute ago that Clips is not about social. It's about the camera, that it's it's yeah. about pushing on that. Totally makes sense to me. This is a camera application. It's not yep. a social network. Yeah, it's to combine like video clips, photos, and music together to create these little videos that you can share with friends through the Messages app. And, and as Apple calls out in their press release, or on stuff like Instagram, Facebook, and other popular social networks, there's a little video. Um, there's like real-time filters, um, and there's some interesting new filters. Like, it's like a cartoon filter and stuff. It reminds me of an app called Comic Life. Do you remember Comic Life? Oh, yeah. You would like throw a picture in it, and it would make it look like uh, dithered and stuff, all sorts of fun effects. Yeah. Plask made it. Same company that made Skitch. Uh, you oh, can yeah. still get it. It used to come pre-installed on Macs. Comic Life. Yeah, dude. TBT. Look at me. I know stuff. See, it's now good. now we're getting into the history that I know, right? Like because <laughs> Weird this is, bundled it, applications. <laughs> but like we just, we're just, as we move along the timeline, the stuff that yeah. I started on becomes history, right? Like it's over 10 years ago now. Anyhow, so the focus is on making <laughs> videos of these things. And there's uh, text and emoji and stuff that you can put on. Um, I want to read a couple of things from Apple's press release. Um, okay. So with live titles is one of the things that they've got in clips. Users can add animated captions and titles using just their voice. Captions are generated automatically as a user speaks and appear on screen, perfectly synced with the user's voice. That's freaking awesome. So you could be recording yourself. <laughs> Until Apple has no idea what you said and it just comes out nonsense. Well, I'm going to assume that they're going to get it right. The, the dictation stuff is good, right? The text dictation stuff is good, like I find anyway. Anywho, but I think it's pretty cool. So you would be saying something like, hey, look at me. And then it would say like, hey, look at me. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I I like that. So I'm looking 
I'm looking forward to trying it out. It's coming out in April with iOS 10.3. Yeah, it's weird, right? I don't really know why they announced it today. Uh, there is one other thing just before... <laughs> Filler. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, when sharing these directly with your friends in the Messages app, Clips suggests who to share it with based on people who appear in the video using the face detection from photos. That's crazy. Uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, I don't know what work you have to do to attach people because um, you'd have to attach contacts to the faces. And I don't... So yeah, but anyway, if you do that, that's kind of that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's um, it looks like a fun way to make simple videos to share. I- I'm pleased that Apple is making tools and not trying to make their own network. I think that is a good that's a good point. Yes, yeah, it it is a fundamental difference, right? So what Clips really is like Clips. The way I th- I'm thinking about it is Clips could have been a panel in the camera app. Right, like you swipe over to all the different modes, it could have been there, and it would have been like, it would have been fine. I think the reason it's separate is they, that a, the camera app already has like a thousand things in it, but they want this to to feel unique and fun. And no, I'm totally cool with it not being in the camera app. Yeah, I am too. Like I'm saying, it could have been there, but yeah. it's not, and that's great. Um, but it's definitely not a social network, right? Like I can't scroll through this and see, oh, this is the clip that Mike made. This is the clip that Federico made. This is the clip that you know someone else made. It, this is I am creating something in here and I am pushing it out to the world via Instagram, or it'll even go into Snapchat. Um, and, and honestly, when it, so this morning, you know, this I was running some errands, had some family stuff this morning, and this news was breaking as I was kind of out doing stuff and. My first concern was, oh no, they made an app that sounds, you know, just in reading the headlines on Twitter, it sounds like how you describe Snapchat to your dad and they made that, right? Like that's what I was really afraid of. Um, But I don't think it's that. I think this is something that it feels Apple-y in a way, like looking through these screenshots and like seeing how the UI is, like it feels like an Apple app. I think there's a, I think, I mean, we haven't used it, but I think there's going to be a lot of fun and whimsy in it, which is great. Uh, and then I get to choose what I do with this. If I make these and I just save them to my camera roll and never share them, totally fine. Apple doesn't care. If I make these and just put them on Instagram, which is what I'm going to do because I don't understand Snapchat because I'm old, that's fine too. Like, it's just a creation tool. And some of Apple's best apps are that, right? Like, if, if you look, at, on the Mac and on iOS, you know, these little apps like like music memos, right? Like it's not a full-blown editor. You just kind of make some stuff and send it out to GarageBand or Logic later. And it's a great tool for that. I, I, I view this um, as that sort of thing, right? It's just, it's a, it's a toolbox to play in and then I, I can share it wherever I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing around with it. I think it's, 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 it's one of those things where like this looks like a fun little app, but just like it was released at the wrong time because I was already in a bad mood, <laughs> right? Like we we're all waiting for stuff to drop, and then it's like, hey, we've got this app that we're launching in a month, and I was like, yeah, eh, it just seemed a bit strange to me. But one thing we did get something that always makes me happy is new Apple Watch bands. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of new colors, so there are new sport and leather colors. So just straight up colors, also in the Hermes as well. There's just some some new color options. 
Um, but you can now buy the Nike bands separately if you want them. So the ones mm-hmm. with the holes in them. Uh, I actually really like the one that they call Platinum and White, which is gray and white. I think it's, it's a classic. really good looking band. Um, but the thing that I'm most interested in is new uh, nylon bands. And for the first time, they have some bands that have three colors on them rather than two. So they're in stripes. Um, the orange, the berry, really the red, and the pollen, and also the Tahoe blue. They're all like that. They, they all have like different shades on them. Um, so I'll, I expect that I will get one or two of these because I, I really love the nylon bands. I find them really comfortable. Um, and I think that these are some fun and interesting new colors. I do. There's also a midnight blue, which I really like, um, which is just one color. Uh, but I like the midnight blue. The midnight blue is what I have uh, a bunch of stuff in. Like I had a, a sport band of that. My current case, my broken case, is a midnight blue. So <laughs> I like that color a lot. I think I like the red and the pollen the most. Oh, the orange is good too, but I think I like the red and the pollen the most. Yeah, I will say too about the Nike Plus band. So my Series 2 watch is actually a Nike Plus watch. And oh really? Yeah, you kept um, that to yourself. Well, I just I, look at you. It was what they had in stock. Uh-huh. Um, Why do you? He's never mentioned that before. I don't Secrets. know. Like it's it's Secrets. no different. Like there's a watch face, uh-huh. and which is hideous. And we'll send the band. You got the band. So I've got the band. So I don't. When I got it, I was like, I just put the band away. Like I, I wear the regular sport band. I have a NATO watch band, which I reviewed on Five Twelve. I don't think we talked about it on the show, but it's a great band. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um. The the thing about the Nike band though is it is super lightweight. Like because it has all those holes punched in, like it looks goofy. I don't really care for the way it looks, but it weighs nothing. And uh, I have actually been wearing the Nike Plus band when I work out because it's so light and, and punch, punch full of holes. It feels really good, but it doesn't get sweaty. So like I'm sure anyone who wears the nylon or the rubbery sport band knows this. Like if you if you sweat in it. It's kind of gross because it's like a solid chunk of rubber and it's your skin. And like you have to wash the thing off, but the the all the holes in it make it much cooler to wear. So I I don't like wearing that band walking around, but if I'm working out or if I'm going on a bike ride, I really like it for that. So if you work out a lot in your watch, check out the Nike Plus band. Like I, you know, may not, the looks may not be for you, but it's extremely functional. And it's extremely comfortable. It's more comfortable than the regular rubbery one because it's so much softer. It bends so much better. Um, I'm a big fan of it. So uh, I'm ex- I'm glad they're doing that where you can just get one. Um, the one I have is the black one. Uh, but the yeah, that, that white one or the gray and white one looks really good too. If I were to pick up a second one, that'd be the one I would do. We're learning new things. Um, I saw mm-hmm. something from Marco last night, which is kind of funny. He sent out a tweet. Which like, I think maybe only Marco would know this. Uh, he said it would be amusing for Apple to launch new watch bands on day one of. I'm going to say this is called Basel World, uh, the, the yeah. world's the watch industry's biggest annual event of new releases, and it just made me laugh. It's like this is like when we say, "Oh, they release things at CES." Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it really made me yeah. smile. Like Mar- Marco's Marco's watch knowledge is helping keep informed for all of us about uh, Apple Watch band timed releases. Yeah. What's this? Um, yeah, so I followed, someone replied to him on Twitter. Um, is it Hodinkee? Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's the, like, the, the, that's, that's the big watch company whose CEO is Kevin Rose. Yeah, it's like the big watch, like they have a huge blog and like on the top of their blog is the Hermes, uh, like their new straps and photos of them and the colors mm-hmm. and everything. Um, yeah, so Apple, you know, we, I, I at least, I'll speak for myself, 
I sometimes forget that Apple is like playing so much in the fashion world with this. A, like they've they've toned that down, right? Remember, like when the Apple Watch launched and they invited a bunch of like fashion bloggers and yeah. they were like set up yeah. in Paris, right? Like it was a little weird. They've dialed that back, but with this edition of the watch, they are still in that world, and so they are um, they're there, they're showing it off, uh, and I think it's great. Like I think I think what Apple's done, I think so. The first generation of watch. They tried really hard to like span that gap, right? So you had a sport watch and you had a gold one that was whatever it was, $17,000 or whatever. And they don't have that anymore. Like the most expensive one is that white ceramic one that, that you and I lust after so much. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about things that are impractical to spend money on, that watch, man, whew, I'm telling you, like... It's tough times. If, I'll just be honest with you and our listeners. If my, uh, like my book sold really well, but if it had sold, if it, I had a, a benchmark that didn't quite hit that I was thinking uh, about buying that watch as a gift uh, to myself for the book. So go buy that book and I can go buy a new watch. Um, <laughs> you don't need, you, did, you bought, you already spent extra on the sport Nike one. So it's true. You know. Uh, so yeah, so maybe it's good. It sold what it did. It did great. Thank you for buying it. I'm not complaining. Um, what have I been talking about anymore? Anyways, so Apple has dialed that back a little bit with their SKUs. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think that they're doing a better job, like having these bands, what is it, twice a season, like spring and fall collections, turning them over, changing them out. So adding, like adding the nylon band was huge. Like a lot of people wanted that. You know, it's not like high fashion, right? It's just something that normal people want. And they responded to it and changing these colors and changing the way they look like, uh, I think they're getting that right. And I think it keeps people interested people like you and me who like i own i don't even know how like four or five watch bands now none of these new colors really jump out at me so i'm probably going to skip them but like every six months i know there may be something that catches my eye Uh, i think that's great all right we have more that stuff uh today's show is brought to you by eero these days everything in our homes require an internet connection we have speakers we have canisters that have voices in them. We have thermostats, light bulbs, front door locks, security cameras, and basically everything in between. I imagine, you know, I have close to, if not a hundred things in my home that want to find the internet, right? And mm-hmm. these days we're increasingly using services like Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, iTunes. We are streaming content, we're downloading large files, we're downloading video games, we're playing games online. Wi-Fi is the foundation for all of this in our homes. We're dependent on it. But... Wi-Fi connections can be inconsistent, slow, and unresponsive at best at times. And to get the best possible connection in your home, you'll want a distributed system that you can then provide your whole home with a connection all over. And this has been really expensive to do in the past, but not anymore with Eero. And Eero is making it even cheaper, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But with Eero, you're able to install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. Each Eero has two radios inside. It keeps your connection fast and everything in sync. It's not just an extender. This is all on one network, so you're not switching from network to network depending where you are in the home. It's one network, and it keeps a consistent connection for you no matter where you are. You just download the Eero app on your iOS and Android devices. It walks you through the setup of the process step by step, and then this app will let you manage your network from the palm of your hand at any time. You'll know how many devices are connected and also the internet speed that you're getting from your provider as well. Now, Stephen, you, I know, have some Eros at home, uh, and I just kind of wondered if you had any thoughts about this. I think where they really win is that easy setup. You know, uh, it's easy to hold up like the Apple airports as being easy setup, but this really redefines it. So you don't have to be super nerdy. Like, you could ship these to somebody, and they just open the iPhone app and follow the directions, 
and they've really made it super simple not only to set up but understand what's going on, right? So many of these routers have like complicated configuration screens and, and they're full of jargon. You have to understand like what, you know, what a NAT is and stuff. Like Eero takes care of all of that and it's the ease of use is so much like an Apple product. And I mean that in like the highest sense of praise that you can understand what's going on. You can set it up without a computer science degree and you can feel confident that you set it up correctly, right? That it's not doing weird things because it's just a very straightforward process. The average US home is easily covered by about two or three euros. So they sell a three pack and that's a good starting point. You can add up to 10 in total. Um, and if you need to return any of them, maybe you buy a three pack and you only need one or two. They have a 30 day money back guarantee, so you can just return them if you have to. Eero is the original whole home Wi Fi system, and they're just celebrating their first birthday. So, along with this, they are permanently lowering the price of the Eero. You can get a three pack now for $399, which is $100 off the original price, or a two pack for $299, which is $50 off. And you can get Eero. At this low price now from either Eero.com, Best Buy, or Amazon. Get, they've lowered the price everywhere. You don't need to code anymore. Just go to any of those places, Eero.com, E-E-R-O.com, Best Buy, or Amazon, and you'll be able to benefit from this new lower price. Thank you so much to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. The iPad Air 2 is now <laughs> the iPad. This is Apple doing this again. You remember they did this before? They decided that they were just going to call the iPad 4 or something, just iPad, just just straight up like retconning the entire thing. So we now have just iPad. We're going to have to work out how we refer to this. I don't know what it is yet. Um, I will wait for Marco to come up with some kind of name, I guess, um, as he has been wont to do in recent times. Maybe we could just call it the iPad disappointment. Wow. uh, Because that's how I feel today. I was looking for iPad Pros. You're feeling how professional Mac users have felt for a year and a half. I Welcome. A, I'm a professional iPad user, you know, and I, I didn't get what I wanted today. Um, this is a cheaper iPad, which is good. Um, it starts at $329 for 32 gigabytes. Um, the Air 2 was $499 for 16 So it's a much better deal. Basically, what this iPad has got, the only new feature, the only thing it's gotten is an A9 chip. Um, the Air 2 had an A8X chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have an A9 chip in the this new iPad. Um, and because of this, I expect it's thicker and heavier. So the, the dimensions and weight are about the same as the original Air. So the new iPad is 7.5 millimeters in thickness, um, as opposed to 6.1 that the Air 2 had. And it weighs 469 grams instead of 437 grams uh there's no chamfer bezel which steven has written in a document he thinks is a improvement yeah uh, the shiny edge has always bugged me um, well the 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 photos on the web page show that it has the shiny edge so i don't know where no, you no. no 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 the press photos it looks just like the se like it's just the the same aluminum on the back oh i, I see shiny. what you mean it doesn't have like an additional shininess to right it. i see it's what still, you're saying yeah it's just like the se i think best i can tell from the photos um yeah, this is this is an interesting iPad. Um I think the I mean so the price is super aggressive, right? 329 for an iPad that is basically up to, as up to date as an iPad is today. Yep. For 32 gigs of space. Um it so a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on ATP, someone 
some podcast or somewhere, uh, they were talking about education-only hardware, like the eMac or my beloved Power Mac G3 All-in-One. I think it was ATP because Syracuse mentioned that computer, and he and I are the only two people that know it exists. And the idea was like, well, there's not an iPad for that, right? For a long time, Apple was selling the iPad 2. Remember that thing? It never died. They just kept selling it until, you know, I think sometime like a year and a half ago. And it just got cheaper and cheaper, but it was old. And it, you know, some would argue that it held back iOS, it held back, you know, feature requirements and that sort of thing. This new iPad is not that. It is, we'll see how long it goes before they update it, but it is, you know, it's up to date. It has, you know, modern tech in it. The A9 is a great processor. It's what's in the iPad Pros right now. I think they have the X, not A9X, but you know, it's it's on par more or less with what we have. And the price is so good. Like the first thing I think about this uh is that it's for education. We're gonna get into that in a minute. Um, but it it has sort of replaced a little bit, I think, the iPad mini for families. Like and, and maybe that's just my perspective as a parent, but I was not gonna buy a four hundred and nine dollar iPad for my kids to use. But a three hundred and twenty nine dollar iPad that I can sink more movies on is much more compelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the iPad Mini 4 is only available in one SKU now. You can get a 128-gig model for $399. The Mini 2 is dead. Like, I think the iPad Mini's done. Like, I think I think it, the iPad Mini 4 is still around, but I, it didn't get an update today. It's I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's really going anywhere. I think the future of the iPad Mini is dark. And maybe this new iPad, without any other name, just iPad, is the answer. Maybe this is going to be that low-end model that sort of scoops up all those other users, scoops up education, scoops up people who want it uh, for their kids or for a family member, uh, or if you just want a cheap iPad, right? If you want an iPad that's still good, um, it's got good cameras. The chat room is saying it's the same cameras as the iPad Pro 12-inch. Sure. Um, like, that's that's a compelling product. And I think even though... You know, you and a lot of other people wanted updated iPad Pros. I really want that 10.5-inch model to be a thing. I, I don't think it's fair to this iPad to, like, dump on it because we're sad about the others. Well, you I think this is a great that. device. You can say that, but it's not how I feel, Stephen. You can't you can't tell me how to feel. All right, I, feel I can't. Well, today. I can. I, can I, I understand that, right? Like, believe me. <laughs> believe me. I understand. Uh, but I think, like, on its own, this is a great product. And... I sure. I think what's really, I think what's interesting about it is that the price is so much lower. In a world where it's easy for us to point to many examples of Apple raising their prices or tweaking things to get their you know mm-hmm. ASP up higher, this isn't flies in the face of that. Yeah, no, and, it is. A, it, it is an aggressive push. I think primarily to education, um, and. I saw Fraser Spears call it the iPad Education Edition. Uh, I had somebody tweet at me. I want to see if I can find their name so I can credit them because I thought it was kind of funny uh, to just call it the EPad, uh, <laughs> which I kind of liked. Uh, that I think it has to be uh, Mike plastic. Yeah, EPad, yeah. lowercase e. Um, and I saw Ben Bajarin tweet that Apple are offering this iPad to education at two ninety nine. So they're being yeah. very aggressive with it. And when I was going on my big iPad model numbers and all of that thing a few weeks ago, I had somebody write into me to say that like a lot of education areas, a lot of schools were waiting for this iPad. 
And not only have Apple introduced an iPad that fits them, they've also done it at a lower price. So this may push some turnover in the education space. Um, I'm interested to see what Fraser Spears has to say about this in more depth. Uh, so I assume he'll talk about this on his podcast, Out of School. Yeah. Um, but he is also the host of Canvas on Relay FM. So there, there might be something on there too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I can see this being a really good a really good product for um, for the school market. Uh, I just think that my, my feeling about it is like, it isn't exciting, right? Like it's not an exciting product. And um, I, I'm just worried, where's, where's my excitement? Like, you know, I want my MTV. And I, and I think that's how a lot of people are feeling right now. And this is just another thing to that. And like, you know, I don't, please don't. So it's going to be, oh, no, you know, my users feel like I understand, right? Like I get it. I've been talking about it for two months. Where you been? Right? Like I understand that feeling, but like this is just another drop in that bucket of, right. of frustration. <laughs> like what is Apple actually doing? Yeah. Uh, well, the, we're not going to talk about today, but they're doing augmented reality apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh the big question for me with this iPad, if you if you're not a school and you're not you know you're not buying thirty of them for a classroom or three hundred of them for a school, and you're just walking in an Apple store and you want a nine point seven inch iPad, you get you have two options at thirty two gigs. You have this thing for three twenty nine, and you have the five ninety nine nine point seven inch iPad Pro. What is the pencil? And is the keyboard, which are even more money because they're not they don't come with it, right? Uh, I don't know, you know, you're gonna spend another three hundred fifty dollars or more. Is that worth upgrading to the pro? That seems like a really big gap to me. Now, you know, we can put on our conspiracy theory hats and say if there was supposed to be a new iPad Pro today or at some point there will be, the Pro One will move down to four ninety nine and then this levels out. I think that's probably what will happen. But today, if you walk in an Apple store on Friday, whenever these things ship. There's a huge gap between this iPad and the the 9.7 inch Pro, and I just don't know if a normal average user who just wants an iPad, or this like theoretical person who we keep blaming on the iPad sales numbers being bad, or they still have an iPad 2 and haven't updated yet, say this finally does it for them, and I think it will for a lot of them. They're going to spend this money. They're not going to upgrade to the Pro, and I just find that a very interesting little phenomenon, little like hole in their product line that there's this huge gap. And honestly, I'm not sure the pro is worth it for most people. Like it's great. Like you and I both have the 9.7 inch pro. It's my favorite iPad I've ever owned. It's great, but I don't know if it's so great. It's worth the extra, the extra dough. And I'm just very curious what the ASP does in the coming quarters, that average selling price of iPads. Uh, I bet it'll fall. Uh, and I, and I, I would imagine that this iPad will sell very well relative to other devices of its size yeah but like the chat room's going off like thinness true tone speakers like i get all that like the pro is a better ipad but i don't know if it's better in ways that people actually care about if they're just going to watch movies on it which i know like y'all are different but there are a lot of people that's just how they use ipads right and if you're if you are just that consumer if you're that type of consumer those pro features aren't worth it. Now, if you're not, if you're Mike or you're Federico or you're Jason Snell and you work on an iPad, like, yeah, get the pro. It's totally worth the money. It's great. Lots of features. Maybe they'll update it later this summer. But 
I think for like the average consumer who is just consuming content on their iPad, how most iPads are used, then um, I think that it's uh, I think it's fine to to go with this one. Yeah, it makes sense as a machine. I get the machine, like, but I as I say, like, it's it's if it's not the supercomputer, um, and the supercomputer is the thing that they're pushing, and I, I do think that there is. I still think that there's a compelling thing for why the, the iPad Pro exists and why it's more expensive. Like, I understand your point, but I don't think it's meant to be for everyone. I think the people that buy the iPad Pro are the people that want to replace their computer. Like, they are looking to replace the computer, and that's what it's for. That's what Apple's trying to build it into, and I think it makes sense for that. Everybody else, if, like, you just want a content consumption device, you know, if you yeah. want to watch Netflix and play video games, this new iPad is perfect for you, and that's the one you should be getting. Yeah, so so maybe this is Apple acknowledging in a way the ipad's dual nature that there are lots of people who are just doing content consumption on it yeah web stuff they shouldn't make all of the ipads pros they shouldn't do that that is the yeah. that's the right thing to do yeah i think i think that's fair i think we're saying the same thing and i think that that is um you know every year or 18 months apple tries a new approach to the ipad and yeah. some of them have been really head scratching and some of them have been more interesting than others, and maybe this one is finally the one that's that sticks. And maybe it, if this really what is what this is, if they're saying, look, if you want nine point seven inch iPad for this basic stuff, this is the one. But if you want some more stuff, if you're interested in that power user end of things, and we have this other product, it's more money, but you get all these features for it, and that works for people. I think that's good. Like, in a way, this is the least confusing iPad line we've had in a long time. You know, where you had the Air 2 and the Pro, you know, yesterday, the, the prices being much closer together, it was maybe harder to see those lines between them. But I think maybe this makes it more clear. Even though there's that gap in the middle that I complained about, maybe mm-hmm. that's okay. Maybe yeah. maybe it's fine. As Kyle points out in the chat room, Apple is making it abundantly clear with their taglines on the product pages. iPad Pro, supercomputer. iPad, flat out fun. They are making it abundantly clear what they see these devices to be used for, right? So, content creation versus content consumption, like that. They are they are outlining that I think with their marketing message about what these devices are for. So, and look, I will underscore that this is a perfectly good device if that's what you're looking for. But I'm just frustrated because I was hoping to see something different today. So, like many other people, the sure. iPad Mini Four is now only in 128 gigabytes at 399 dollars. Um, it does feel like, as you say, Stephen, um, it's maybe reaching the end. I think it is. Uh, who knows what they will do in the 7.9-inch form factor if they ever do anything in the future. Uh, but the iPad Mini 4 is um, maybe kind of being pushed out now. And uh, as I said, the Mini 2 is, is gone away. Yeah. And the, but- the Air 2 is gone too, best I can tell. Um, yeah, it is gone. Yeah, it's gone. Looking at the comparison models, there's now so it's also a simpler lineup. Yeah, it is. Twelve point nine Pro, nine point seven inch Pro iPad and iPad Mini Four. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad they've gotten rid of that. I mean, this cheaper price kind of fixes the problem that the Air Two was holding on to. So, I- I'm glad for the simplicity. And again, while I make jokes, uh, I prefer the naming this way. You know, it's it's like I've been saying on the iPhone. I think you've got to ditch numbers at some point. Um, so just iPad, iPad Mini, iPad Pro, that works for me. Like It's it's tricky to talk about when you're trying to reference them, um, but I really don't want iPad Pro 2. 
Like, just call it the yeah. iPad Pro. Like, to do it with Macs. Exactly. Like, they don't do this with the Mac line. It's just MacBook, Mac, MacBook right. Pro. Like, this is how it is. So, like, I'm just going to call it iPad and hope that everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? But, yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, you know. you know, my iMac is iMac 17, comma 1. Like, yeah. It does have that name, but it's hidden away. It's not the It's not the feature product, like, marketing name. Yeah. And then we have iPad Pro 12, iPad Pro uh, 9, you know. That's just how yeah. they are in inches, and, and that, that, that'll do for me. Uh, yep. Nothing on the Mac. So USB-C, iMacs, and updated MacBooks, like the iPad Pros, they seem like something that should be here around now. We're going to talk about this in a second. Uh, and the Mac Pro, oh, baby, she's hanging on. Uh, it, survived, it survived the story fresh. I remember with the iPod Classic a couple years ago when it finally went away, like it, it, there was no announcement. Uh, they made a comment after they were pushed on it by the press, but basically they they refreshed something else in the store, and the store came back up, and the iPod Classic was just gone. Right? It's like silently taken out to pasture, and no one really noticed except you know those people who cared. Uh, the Mac Pro is still there, and okay, <laughs> it means something. I don't know. What, I mean, uh, it's still there, and maybe WDC is it. Um, but I just found it interesting that it was still there. All right, let's take our uh, final break today and then we can maybe pontificate on and maybe hope for something else. Uh, Today's show is also brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code WORLD at checkout and you'll get 10% of your first purchase. Hey, make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea. Maybe you're looking to create an online store to sell your physical or digital goods. Maybe you're looking to create a portfolio to display your artwork. Maybe you're trying to finally get your website away from having a Flash website, right? Like a restaurant, I should say. You don't want it to have a Flash website anymore, so you want to move into the times, move into the future. Squarespace is perfect for that. They have all of the plugins and additions you're going to need. You can put maps on there. You can put a gallery of all of your food. It's great. You can have a blog. You can have anything. Anything you're looking to build on Squarespace is the only one platform that lets you do it. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of this. Squarespace have got your back. They've got it covered for you. They have award-winning templates that are beautifully designed. They allow you to show off your great ideas, and you can you can customize your Squarespace website really easily. Just a page-building system. It's all what you see is what you get. It's WYSIWYG. So you can go in. You can change fonts. You can change the layout. You can just drag and drop things around the page. They have 24-7 customer support if you need anything, and you can also grab a unique domain name with Squarespace as well. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com, and then use the offer code WORLD at checkout when you sign up for a plan, and you'll get 10% of your first purchase, and you'll also be showing your support for this show. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode of Connected, supporting Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So, all right, I'm looking at all of this, okay? Okay. All of these announcements. There's nothing here that they would have put on stage as the big thing. These are all like the stuff you mentioned. So let's let's look at this, right? Let's say that they uh, announced a new iPhone. They would also say, hey, we've got it in this color, right? So there's yeah. no new iPhone, so you're not going to do it. If they announced new iPad Pros, they might say, oh, and hey, we're also doing this to the line. We're now, the iPad Air is now the iPad, uh, and we're doing the iPad Mini 4, right? You'd announce those on some slides going through the overall announcements, right? 
There's no Macs, you know, watch bands. They come and go now. When they talk about new cases and stuff, they just throw the watch bands in there when they're doing a, hey, we're doing an update on the on the watch. There's nothing in what we've seen today that they would build an event around. All of this stuff is like supplementary stuff mm-hmm. to other product announcements. Yeah. The only thing I could see, and I agree with you, is not in like a headline or an event, but I, I, I would think the Clips, the new app, would benefit from a demo. Uh, yeah, and, and they would do that a hundred percent. Like I agree with that, but they yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't invite press to come and see clips, right? right? <laughs> Which I know it's not what you're saying, but they wouldn't do that. There's nothing sure. in here that they would that would be big enough to do even a town hall. Like these are all think, little yeah. things, right? I think even together, it doesn't really no. It, uh, you know, last year's spring event where they did the iPhone SE and the iPad Pro nine point seven. So it was kind of like the 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 I think the joke was like it's the event for smaller products. Um, that felt like the minimal viable keynote, right? That it's an iPad Pro. You already know what an iPad Pro does. This is just smaller, and we have True Tone now. And the iPhone SE, you know what a you know you know what a iPhone you know five five S looks like. It's that again, but new hardware, you know, new internals like mm-hmm. that. That was the backbone of that event, and that felt like. That feels really close to not being, not being an event, uh, and I think this falls below that threshold for sure. I totally yep. agree with you. This today on stage would have been uh, weird, not not enough. So you know, we've been talking for this whole show about what we were expecting and what would go along with this, right? Which would be new iPad Pros and new Macs. You know, like updates to those lines. They are they are event worthy, and. You know, we've been talking the whole time about, you know, this 10.5 inch and there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not that's even going to come now. We're not going to talk about that today, but like whether it might be next year, later this year. But no matter what about that 10.5, there is still something in the iPad line that needs to be updated, right? They they, they are going to, in theory, update these products. They're also, in theory, going to update the Macs, right? Like they're going to put Thunderbolt 3 USB-C on these devices right like on Mm -hmm. the iMac hopefully on the MacBook as well right because it's got it it has USB-C but not Thunderbolt 3 right I've got that the right way around the MacBook yeah currently so they they might do something there they might do some other speed updates could we still see something in April could there still be an event before WWDC I mean I still have a hope that there might be and that this was just stuff that they would have done in an event but decided to just put it out now so there's something. Uh, my, my thought on that is to look to the fall. And so in the fall over the last couple of years, they have changed direction. So they would do – a long time ago they did uh, fall music events where they introduced iPods. A lot of fun going into the holiday. The iPhone took that over with the iPhone 4S. They did that event in the fall. And since then, the iPhone has been in a September event very consistently. You could bet money on it. And they have had an October event several years now for other things. And so things like the you know iPad updates or I think the Retina iMac came out in an October event. Two years ago, they, they merged them. Right? Remember they had like that five-hour keynote where they did – uh, new iPhones, and they did the Apple TV, and they did the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. They did all of it together in one event, and that seemed like too much, and so they didn't do that again. They're doing the two-event track. 
that works because both September and October have enough for an event, right? There's so much stuff in the fall. They, their holiday quarter is the biggest quarter. They hold a lot of stuff for the fall. Or that's when the schedules are. And the iPhone, with the exception of 2014, when the watch was basically the main event. And the, they, remember that, like the iPhone 6 and 6, uh, 6 and 6 Plus were basically done within like 20 minutes. It was super strange. But generally, there's enough stuff there. They have two big piles of stuff, and it divides into two events really nicely. And thinking about the spring, that could be true. It could be that they had this stuff uh, today, and they got it out today, and there's still enough left over for an event. But what's different, what I'm finally getting to here, is that there's not enough for two events in the spring. And so why not hold an event and then do all this stuff, you know, Put clips in the keynote, which I think it desperately needs. I think people need to see what this app can do to really understand it, and have you know the iPad be a you know a ten minute thing. Have the iPad Mini stuff be press release. It could have been one thing, um, and I just don't see in the rumors enough to justify like splitting it up in this weird way. Because that if they do an event and they did all this PR stuff today, that is a break from the norm, and that's. Not something Apple does very often or without good reason. So I just, I see what you're saying. Like, and I understand like the desire for new hardware. Like I totally do, but I don't think I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think we're going to see an event in April because they did this today. And like what, what, how I read these, these tea leaves is that they had some stuff they need that, that was ready to go. They wanted to get out the door. It wasn't enough for an event. So fine. We don't do an event. We have some press release stuff. Uh, we should point out, I don't think we mentioned it, but The Verge had a really nice article about uh, Clips. Apparently, uh, Lauren Good got to use it for a little while, so she had some hands-on stuff. And this other stuff will either be at WWDC or, you know, sometime later. I just don't see it. I just don't see them doing it in April. Like, I just don't see why would they divide stuff up like this. Um, I don't know if there's a compelling reason that I can think of today that would justify a full event in a couple of weeks, potentially, plus all this PR stuff. Like, it's just it's just unusual. So you think that there will be no new iPad no. hardware until the fall? I think, the, I think the next opportunity we have for hardware is at WWDC, okay. which, again, would be weird because WW has been software only now for a, for a while. But um, I, think, I think the reason that's possible is iOS. And so iOS 10.3 has come and gone. Well, it's not gone yet, but it's in beta 12 or beta 7. We know what iOS 10.3 is. There's no new iPad professional stuff in there. Mm -hmm. If iOS 11 brings that, like now we think it will, it makes sense. Like I can see Apple's logic in saying iOS 11 has all this great iPad stuff and we have a new iPad and you get, you can buy this iPad today or this week or whenever. And when iOS 11 comes out, it's going to support all this great stuff. Like if Apple is pushing the iPad uh, further down this road, having hardware and software together on occasion mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I don't know, like it's all weird, right? Because like this is a weird time because it seemed like all this stuff was ready. The rumors, there's a lot of smoke. We didn't see it. And, you know, the, and I do want to address one thing. It's been in the chat room. It's been on Twitter. Like people saying, oh, they're going to do it next month. Like the campus, like two problems. A, the reports have been that the Steve Jobs Theater isn't done and it won't be done until later, that they've focused on 
getting offices ready and people are starting to move in in April. That doesn't mean the campus is done. Like my understanding from like talking to people who actually are moving is that they're doing it in stages because it's not done. Like parts of the building are done and people are going to be moving into those, but it's going to be very staggered and that the theater is like way down on the schedule. So the CDOPS theater, unless I'm wrong, I don't think I am. The theater's not ready yet. So saying, Oh, they're going to do it next month when the theater's ready. Like theater's not ready. Two, like, Apple wouldn't punt all this stuff to a press release just because the theater's not ready. So say that this was going to be in the theater, uh, they didn't, it didn't get done, and so they just, like, just pushed it all out on Apple Newsroom and The Verge got an exclusive. Like, Apple, if they wanted to hold an event, they would do it. There's plenty of opportunity to do so. They have done, they've rented a bunch of various places. They could do a weird private like mountain lion thing. Do you remember that? Like it's mm-hmm. been our show notes forever to talk about, but they invited a bunch of people to like a hotel and like John Gruber and Phil Schiller sat down and used mountain lion, like in a hotel room. And then he wrote about it. Like this has been a one-time thing. It was super weird, but they could even do something like that. Um, so if they do an April event, it's not going to be on campus. I don't think at least the new campus, I guess it could be in town hall, but I just, I don't see them having a stage presence um, in between all of this stuff mm-hmm. and WWDC. Like, if they do new iPads, that's fine. But you're so close to when we're going to see the new software. Like, put them together. Really build that case that these iPads are meant for work and look at all this great stuff we're doing with our software to make them even more useful for you as you work. Like, that's just too compelling to me to skip over. I can get on board with that story. If that's how they do it, then fine. I will begrudgingly continue to wait. Sure. Uh, I am just really... All right, okay. Let's do it. I'm just... I'm just... I am getting frustrated like everybody is. I'm getting frustrated about the way that I feel, and I'm getting frustrated about listening to how everybody feels. Sure. Like, it is a... I I get annoyed when I talk about it and I get annoyed when I hear it because it's just right now it is just a time of uncertainty and the reason that it upsets me and upsets everybody else is because we have so much personal stock in this company and on ATP last week Marco went deep uh and and kind of really like I think succinctly stated the case that he's been making for months and was kind of just like and and his ultimate end to the discussion was if we go a whole year with the way that 2016 has been into 2017 someone should be fired right that was Mm. his thinking and he was shut down for it and you know like i don't know i don't 100 percent agree with that but i don't disagree with it so like let's imagine Best case scenario, Apple's struggling with something and they want to do everything that we want them to do, but they can't, right? There's something going on inside of the company that's stopping them. If they as a company believe that that is wrong, and and I understand the idea of the shareholders and the stock price going up, like John's argument was very good, like the stock price is going up so why is it a problem you know we just talked about some upgrade yesterday they just be they, they keep the last week they've hit their or they've broken their all-time high on the stock three times right yeah like things are good right now but if they don't believe that like if apple believe like us 
that this isn't what they want to be doing, then I understand why the the ultimate way to to show internally to the company that this is not right is to fire an executive. Like that is how a corporation calling for blood. <laughs> yeah. This is how a corporation shows its intent like this in that you you make a, a sacrifice of someone mm. to show this is not how we do things and there has been some kind of hold up. Right? Like we assume that the forestall thing was that internally there were problems. People could right. see them and stuff wasn't getting done the way they wanted. So right. and then maps was a big screw up. So they ousted Forstall as a way to show to the enthusiast press and to the people inside of the company this is not how we run. So who would you get rid of? I'm not saying I want anyone to go. Well well but who would so the first right, so thing Marco was- also made a good point really. It doesn't have to be a firing, but it's like a reshuffling. And he used the App Store as an example, which is a perfect example. The problems of the App Store wasn't working. They moved it to Schiller. Now it's now the logjam is gone. So let's—I don't know what it is, but like let's say that they move something to someone, or they bring someone in, or they move someone away. They—they they just make a change, which is like we've made a change. I don't say why the change is made, but they say we've made a change. That is how you show something. Sh- something needs. Something is broken. But the uh, the other part of it is maybe there isn't anything broken, right? That's the worry. That's the concern. Like, that nobody feels like that they're being given what they want, right? Nobody feels like that that their needs are being fulfilled if you are a professional Apple user. And maybe this is just the new norm. And that's the worry, right? Like, the concern is nobody's going to get what they want unless what they want is an iPhone. If they they want an iPhone, they're going to be fine. And we all want iPhones, right? We all want great iPhones. I want the iPhone that we think we're going to get. My hope right now is that this iPhone has been so freaking hard to make that everyone's on it and they're going to put it out and we're going to have an amazing iPhone and then everything's going to go back to normal. That's what I want. But if it doesn't, then what does Apple want from that? If this is what they want, then we're just going to have to deal with it, right? It will eventually become our new normal. We all wait two to three years for any of our products to be updated unless it's an iPhone. If that's how it's going to be, fine. Like I'll live with that, but I just want to know what that is. And if that's not what it is, then Apple needs to make some kind of display that they're changing something, right? So that they're able to show, most importantly, inside of the company to their people, this is not how we want to run our company. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I think think there's, I mean, there's got to be frustrations on the part of Apple employees that Apple, the company, is struggling to ship stuff, right? And what's interesting is it's easy for us to get bogged down in specifics. So, like, yes, they skipped a Xeon generation or two, and, you know, yes, you know, the KB Lake processors had issues out of the gate, so they, you know, they haven't shipped them. Or, yes, the, you know, they're having issues with, you know, display panels uh, for the iPad and... Right, it's easy to get bogged down in all those details, right? And 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 it could be that just a lot of stuff went wrong at the same time, right? That that happens, right? We're in a business, like it happens to us. Like things go off the rails, and sometimes, uh, usually, more than one thing at, at a time. Mm-hmm. And it could be that we're just at the tail end of that, right? That something bad happened in late 2015 or early 2016 that they are still dealing with, and. 
Uh, I think part of that was the car thing, right? The Project Titan, best we know, is dead, or at least not nearly as ambitious as it once was. And some of this may be reshuffling people back after that. Uh, it may be that if this Bloomberg thing we're, we're not talking about, but keep mentioning is true that, you know, people have been shuttled off to work on augmented reality and other things are slowing down. The problem I have with that though, is look at, look at the iPhone in 2000, you know, five and six and seven, <laughs> and they're working on it right till it was done. You know, Steve Jobs is going around and like cherry picking the company's best people to work on the secret thing, right? That they couldn't tell their spouses about. Like if you read some of those stories now, like people would like, you would just come in and your office mate would be gone because they're working on like secret iPhone stuff in a secret lab somewhere. Like legitimately, that's how it was. Like you may see them at lunch and be like, I can't tell you what I'm working on. But Apple was still shipping stuff. Right. Apple actually made the move to Intel right before they shipped the iPhone. Like they were still producing stuff. They were still firing in all cylinders. For whatever reason, like if if Titan has been a distraction, which I totally believe it has. And now, you know, Titan, the car project is now um, at at best, you know, seriously disbanded. Uh, You know, they're not building a car. I don't think seems to be the reporting I've heard. And. They're working on like augmented reality stuff. Like just what what is different now? Like why can't they walk and chew gum at the same time? And that like I agree with you that it seems like there's something more systemically wrong. And I don't know. I doubt it's a single executive, right? Like is it um, you know, this doesn't come down to Phil Schiller. Does it come down to Craig Federighi? Well, he's over software, so you know, maybe not. Does it come over you know, some like VP of Mac hardware somewhere. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I agree with you and I agree with Marco. And and I will say on the, on the front, like I've skipped episodes of every tech podcast I listen to as this comes up because it is tiring to, to listen to. Because it and, makes me sad when I hear it. Like yeah. I apologize for even bringing it up because I know it makes people annoyed and angry and upset because this is something that we all really care about, right? It's our it's our passion, it's our hobby. It's a thing that that we have all have emotional ties to and a constant sense of frustration doesn't make for fun entertainment. Sure. Right. And and yeah, so we're almost done with it. But it is um, how I feel though, right? And no, I I, I totally agree, I'm not going like, to lie, I, you know? Like, you know, sure. I'm not going to sit here and be like I'm totally fine with still using my 18-month-old iPad when I was used to having one every year. Right. And, like, I would have loved to have a a decent Mac Pro option when I bought my iMac. Yep. But it wasn't the case, so I bought an iMac. And the – so so now the proof is in the pudding, right? Uh, If we have a 2017, like you said, that looks like 2016, then, like, you got to change something. Then I'm just going to get – I'm just going to get used to it. Right, maybe, and like, and th- th- that's a possibility. It's possibly this is the new norm, and that would really be lame. Um, but it's what we got. But it's what we have, mm. and but my hope is that they're ending, you know, nearing the end of whatever this was, and you know, maybe the Mac Pro doesn't survive this. Um, whatever, that'd be a bummer, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, you should be able to update the iMac. You know, you should be able to update these other products, and. I'm hoping that we're towards the end of that. And maybe this weird non-event event PR, not PR argument is like the, the tail end of it. I, I hope it is. I really hope it is. But um, so anyways, so to wrap this up, I think, I think my final 
thought on why no event and like you know the the big picture is that I think best case scenario is we see new Macs in a very similar way as we saw this iPad today. So we see iMacs, we see a MacBook. You know, if I'm going to get crazy drunk with power as a podcast host, maybe say USB-C Mac Mini. Uh, I really say that because my home Mac Mini is dying all of a sudden, and that worries me. But um, so maybe we see new Macs with press release in April, and we see new iPads as part of a large narrative about iPad Pro, you know, iPad Pro users, iPad Pro software, iPad Pro operating system features uh, at WWDC. That's what I'm hoping for. Max in April via press release and a huge iPad is for work push in the summer. And I would be so happy, right? Like if, if WWDC 2017 is what WWDC 2015 was, right? Nine? Yeah. yeah. Then I will forgive all of this, right? Like, sure. And again, it's like, well, I'm only angry about what I'm seeing because, you know, part of the problem here is Apple's secrecy. You know, you can make a lot of this go away if you want, right? You should be upfront right. about things. But I understand why they don't do that, right? Because this is this is them. This is what that this is the the cult yeah. of personality thing or whatever it is. Like th- this is their personality yeah. as a company. Part of it is built around their secrecy. So I get why you don't break it. Yeah, Apple is more open than they used to be, but they're open after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. So the new MacBook comes out, and then Phil Schiller goes on a speaking tour with Mashable and everyone yeah. else about the engineering of the new MacBook. They are more open that way. What we haven't seen is Apple, Phil Schiller is the person for this because he's the one who got on stage and said, can't innovate anymore. I won't say it so you don't have to bleep it. Um, he should be the, he should be the guy who's on the talk show or... Here. Here. Open arms, S- Phil. Steven at Relay.fm. Email me, Phil. I will record any time of day or night to ask you a single question. What is happening with the Mac Pro? And no, iPad Pro. <laughs> well, no, he's the Mac oh, guy. Oh man, I would love that, right? Like we we bring him on, like we just like, we only get one question, and everyone's waiting, and then I'm like, "Where's the iPad Pro?" And then everybody quits the show. It'd be great. I would, I would, yeah, I'd probably murder you. He's the Mac guy. Uh, the Mac is very clearly something that's close to his heart. Like he should, Apple should be open about what's going on on that side of the coin too. Right, like they're very happy now to like have these huge press spreads about we're doing this awesome stuff with Siri and like look at all the stuff we've added. Like let's talk about HomeKit. Like, but they need to be more open about when it's a bummer too. And in that way, they are just the way they have been. Right? Like, do you remember like just like the vile and like the the bitterness and like Steve Jobs' voice at the Antenna Gate like thing? He's like, there's there's actually a line yeah. where he's like, everybody wants a case, and he shrugs and he said. Let's give him a case. And like, you know, every time he rehearsed that line, he dropped the F-bomb in it, right? Like (laughs) he had to like hold it back on stage because the world is looking at him. And that's like the only time they've ever done anything like that. And I think it's high time that Apple deal with things more proactively. Like if if Phil Schiller is on the talk show this week and and he says, look, uh, we know it's been a long time for the Mac Pro. Here's what happened. We made a mistake by skipping a Xeon processor. And it turns out our design is like desperately flawed. So we're redesigning it and it's not ready yet, but there is something coming and we will tell you more in the summer. Or if Craig Federighi is on an interview at the verge and people are like, why is the 12.9 inch iPad pro 18 months without an update? And he says, look, uh, it's almost done. You know, we ran into issue with the true tone display of that size, or 
where we, you know, what I, I kind of secretly hope, like we're, we're going to make the smart connector better, right? So you can do a keyboard and more stuff and like people will actually use it this time around. It's almost done. We're going to have more for you in the summer. Like that would be a huge break for Apple and like blood would boil within the company to do it, but maybe it's time to do it. Um, I just find that sort of like lack of honesty about what's going on maybe even more frustrating. Like it's more frustrating to me that the Mac Pro still in sale after the store refresh than when it was still for sale yesterday. Because like someone made the decision somewhere, hey, boss, do you want me to pull this from the navigation? And someone said no. Like why? Like why is why was the answer no? They know, right? They know how people feel. They know how we feel. And Tim Cook saying every now and then there's new stuff for pros coming. It's it's is pointless it's not, when yeah. you release new products that aren't for pros. Mm-hmm. Right? You do all this stuff today and there's nothing. There's no hint of anything, right? Then you're not you're not making good on the reason you did it, right? Like we know why these things occur. You post that thing to an internal job board so it gets out to the world. And if, if that's totally. not why they're doing it, then I don't know why they do it. Not yeah. a job board, but like a message board, right? Cause, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because because yeah, they're yeah. trying to satiate people like me and you who are upset, right? People like our listeners that are upset that want to be able to give this company the money we've given them every year for 15 years, right? Yeah. Because we love their products, it's important to us, it's something that we want to do. And I understand not everybody buys every year, and you don't have to buy every year. There will be people that have been waiting for three years because they do buy every, something every two years, but they're waiting. Sure. You know, we hear from these people all the time on Upgrade who are asking us, like, when should I update this old computer? And it's like, well, I can't tell you anymore because yeah. this company that used to be incredibly on schedule with things isn't anymore, right? Yeah. And so it's it's like okay, let's go through a change together, right? Let's all know that our products come every two years now unless it's an iPhone. That's fine. But I just want to know that. That's all. I just want to know that. I want to see that. I want to see that the iMac is going to get an update so I know that in three years' time when I update my iMac, like I know when I'm going to be able to do that, when I'm going to be able to plan plan for that. I want to know if the Mac Pro is a product that I want in my future. I want to know if the iPad is going to get the updates that it needs, the software that it desperately needs to continue to make it the product that Apple want to make it, right? Like, (laughs) Or that Apple uh, says that it is. (laughs) I'm so sorry that I'm doing this. I, I apologize to all of you. But like I'm I'm angry. I'm just angry right now. Because I just I can't understand them. I just cannot understand them. And 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 the the silence at this point is is really freaking annoying. Like it's really annoying. You just did all this stuff today. You just gave embargoes to people. Just give someone a story. Anyone. Someone, anyone, anybody. Like, you just made an entire advertising campaign about why the iPad Pro is awesome. Well, I haven't had any software for it since 2015. Yeah. And I haven't had any hardware on your the, the best device, the 12.9, for 18 months. When there is another product which you sell in the same line, which has better hardware features, which you never gave to the what should be the <laughs> flagship of that product line. Yeah. 
If you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 134. If you want to find Stephen online, he is at ISMH. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week for supporting the show. Once again, that is Text Expander from Smile, Eero, and Squarespace. Thank you for listening uh, to this show every week. We really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sorry again <laughs> if I have uh, annoyed or upset you. I'm sure you feel the same. So let's just all bathe in this together. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Stephen. Adios. <laughs>